Hi, everyone, and welcome to a new edition of the OPC Foundation podcast, the home of industrial interoperability. My name is Peter Seberg, and I'm your host. Today, we'll be talking to Max Walter from Siemens in his role as the chairperson of the OPCUA Safety Working Group about OPCUA safety. Amongst other things, Max will give us a quick introduction into functional safety. He will tell us how OPCUA deals with safety. He will give us some example use cases. He will talk about key features, prerequisites, certification, and how OPCUA safety will become the one and only safety protocol. Hi, Max. Thanks for joining. How are you? Hello. Hello, Peter. Yes, I'm excellent. Thank you. Uh, tomorrow school is starting and my daughter will be in school again. So that means no homeschooling any longer. That's a relief. More time for working for you then, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Max, please introduce yourself to our listeners. Where are you from? What's your role at Siemens? Maybe what you've been doing before. And what has been your and also Siemens involvement to date with OPC technology and the OPC Foundation? Yeah, I'm located here in Nuremberg in Germany at Siemens. And my role at Siemens is I'm an expert for functional safety, especially in the area of functional safety for communication. So, for example, ProfiSafe or also OPCOA safety. I'm involved in standardization. I work for the IEC where we define the prerequisites of functional safety communication. And I'm also uh, the chairman of the OPCOA safety working group as well as the ProfiSafe technical working group. Siemens is very active in OPCOA, in advancing OPCOA technology. So it's Siemens is a founding member of OPC Foundation and actively contributes by sending experts, but also managers. Yeah? So the uh, vice president of the OPC Foundation comes from Siemens. I think the OPC UA is a very important technology for us and we are supporting it. And I think it's, it's, it's very important for the future that controllers can collaborate and communicate with each other using OPC UA technology. Very good. You already mentioned a couple of times you were a functional safety expert. Functional safety, safety in short is the topic of today. Maybe for those listeners that are not into the topic in detail yet, maybe please you can give us a quick introduction into functional safety. What's the difference between safety communication and non-safety? And maybe also, as I recall from my personal past, interesting if you could give a quick overview of the difference between what is safety and what is security. Functional safety comes into play if there is a risk that persons are injured or other accidents may happen, such as negative impact on the environment. And if you go into a plant, you can find these yellow components, which are used to realize safety functions. So functional safety specifically addresses risks stemming from incorrectly functioning equipment. So if there's a risk, for example, that a motor starts while a person is still close to a machine, so this is an issue of functional safety. And these components you find in a the plant, they comprise light curtains or emergency stop buttons and things like that. So, and these components, they have to communicate with each other. And here it is important that the communication either works correctly or the components are able to detect that a communication error has occurred. And in that case, they are then able to go into a safe state. Yeah? So this is the typical way how to handle 
problems in a safety function that you always have a safe state in which you can switch to. The difference between functional safety and security then is that in functional safety, we deal with hardware or software errors, but not with human adversaries. So we do not take into account that somebody is attacking your system and trying to provoke an accident or something like that. So that would be then part of security. And of course, in practice, safety always needs a secure environment. Huh? Otherwise, you cannot operate a safety-critical system if it is in an insecure environment. Yeah? So I would say security is a prerequisite for safety, but it's not sufficient. So in addition, you need this safety communication in a plant. Very good. Thanks for clarifying, Mark. So how then does OPC UA deal with safety? In OPC UA, we have this special part number 15 now, which deals with functional safety. It's a specification which was jointly created by Profibus and Profinet International and OPC Foundation. So it's based on the well-established Profisafe technology. And the goal is to, to, to have a specification containing a protocol for how controllers can communicate with each other in a functional safe way. So they can exchange data in a functional safe way, vendor neutral. So you can connect PLCs, for example, from different vendors and exchange safety critical data. For example, the state of an emergency stop button or the state of a light curtain or something like that. And by that, we allow machine to machine communication in a safety critical way. So which kind of components then can communicate via OPC UA safety? For machine-to-machine -machine communication, usually a machine is represented by a controller, could be a PLC or an industrial PC. What is important is that these components must be safety components. There's sometimes it's the misunderstanding that if you implement a safety protocol on a standard component, it becomes a safety component. So that is not true, of course. So the component itself must be implemented in a safety-critical way. The first goal for our specification is controller-controller communication. But then recently, the FLC, the Field Level Communication Initiative, has decided also to use OPC UA safety. So we are now also planning to extend the specification to field-level devices, such as safe I.O. modules, laser scanners, electric drives with safety functions, and so on. Thank you for referring to the FLC. We just did the former edition of this podcast on the topic of FLC. So for those listeners that want to know more about that topic, please go back uh, one version. So can you please give us some example use cases in which safe controller-to-controller -controller communication is needed? Yeah, so the typical example, I've already mentioned the emergency stop button. So if you have two machines next to each other, and if you if there is an emergency stop button, there's the rule that everything which is visible from this position should stop. So in case that something bad is happening, you press the emergency stop button. You don't want to search for the correct button, right? So you want to press it and then things should stop. And this would be one example if you have, a, for example, a modular machine which is plugged together using different modules. When you press one emergency stop button at one module, all the other modules should stop. Or another example would be you open a safety door or a safety latch, and then the machine should run with reduced speed. And again, if multiple machines are connected together, then of course, all the machines should run with reduced speed if you open such a door. Looking a little bit more in the future, 
I think it will also become very important that automated guided vehicles and autonomous mobile robots are able to connect to machines and work together in one safety function with such a machine. Yeah? Again, this could be reduced speed in case somebody is approaching or somebody is pressing the emergency stop button on the vehicle, then also the machine at which the vehicle is currently working should stop. And here we have the additional requirement that, of course, these vehicles are moving around. And depending on at which machine the, the vehicle is positioned, then the safety function must work together with this machine and not some other machine. And uh, here we have a dynamic aspect. And it's important, of course, at all time that the vehicle is talking to the correct machine and not to a machine which is standing far away. And then you press the emergency stop button and the wrong machine is stopping. It sounds a lot like when you talk to Alexa in one room and the Alexa in the other room starts talking to you, right? Yeah, this this is something we want to want to avoid <laughs> in a in a safety critical context. Yeah. Right, just as an example. So thanks for those great use cases examples. I think we all or also our listeners maybe new to the topic will agree that for that reason, providing safety is a huge responsibility and, and building safety as a solution therefore feels, to me at least, like a huge effort. So was OPC UA safety built completely new from the bottom or was it maybe derived from one of the existing field bus safety protocols? Yes, of course. We used what is already there. Yeah? So especially OPC UA safety is built on the existing ProfiSafe protocol. So we have already some well-established mechanisms, for example, cyclic redundancy checks, monitoring number, seal monitor, and so on, which we reused as a technology in OPC UA safety. But of course, there are some novel features also, one of them being the dynamic behavior I just mentioned. So it's not a one-to-one profi-safe, but it's, an, it's a advanced version of it. Okay, moving a little bit into the details, what are the key features of OPC UA safety? OPC UA safety uses standard OPC UA communication as a so-called black channel, as an underlying channel. So it sits on top of the standard communication. Uh, you can either use OPC UA client server or OPC UA PubSub. So it's suited both for non-real-time applications as well as real-time applications. The basic building block of OPC UA safety is a unidirectional communication link. But if you instantiate multiple links, you can also communicate bidirectional or you can even make multicast connections. You can, if, if we are talking of, of more than two controllers, we can build arbitrary network topologies such as lines, trees, stars, and so on. And in one communication link, you can send with each telegram up to 1,500 bytes of data, which can be arbitrarily structured. Yeah? So you can choose your basic data types in the OPCOA information model. Okay. So do any prerequisites exist like, you know, error rate or transmission rate, maybe the number of network components you just talked about, do they exist for OPC UA safety? Yeah. Again, what of course is important that the endpoints of the communication must be safety devices. So they have to be developed according to safety standards, like the IAC 61508. But what is in between, that this is the so-called black channel principle, there are no requirements from a safety point of view. So the transmission rates are not limited. The number of network elements, such as routers or switches, is not limited. 
it works over any arbitrary local or even wide area networks, including wireless. So it's possible to build a safety function over a wireless connection. That is from a safety point of view, of course. If you would use a channel which is too unreliable, then the safety function will detect this and go into a safe state. So from an availability point of view, you have to make sure, of course, that your communication channel has a high reliability and also fulfills the real-time requirements of the application. How certain can future customers be that the solution, the products they buy, that they will actually function as they are supposed to be regarding OPC UA safety? How about certification? Is that something you have or you will be going for? Yes, this is, of course, a very important aspect. So OPC UA safety will be certified by a notified body. We work together with, with TUV here in Germany up to a level of CL3. And in addition, there will also be a test specification, which will be TUV certified. So if you implement a device for OPC UA safety, there will be a test for this and the test will be described in the test specification. So OPC Foundation and Profibus Profinet International work together to establish a certification process for OPC UA safety products. Yeah, we, we will do everything to make implementation of OPC UA safety devices as simple as possible, including also developer training and so on. And finally, there will be a tester provided and also OPC Foundation will provide a stack which you can reuse in your implementation. And if you're using the stack and this tester, you have already done many of the steps which are required for a safety certification of your product. And in one of our future, one of our upcoming editions, we will be talking about testing around OPC UA in more detail. And we will most certainly talk about testing OPC UA safety then in more detail as well. So where are you standing? What is, what is the timeline for OPC UA safety? The first release has already been published in, I think, early August. We are currently in the working group working towards the release two, which will also include PubSub. So the first release only includes client server. And uh, the test specification I have talked about and the tools are currently being developed and they will target this release two. And so they are currently under development. Very good. We're getting to the end. Is there any development you've experienced lately, any activity that may come up, any final thought for cooperation, testing, other things that you would like to share with our listeners? Of course, if anybody wants to cooperate in this area of OPC UA safety, we are very welcome. Everybody who's interested in giving remarks. So now when the release is published, we appreciate comments. Also joining the working group is possible. And uh, I would be happy to hear from the listeners. Very good, Max. Thanks a lot for sharing your inside knowledge regarding OPC UA safety. Yeah, you just heard it, dear listener. If you want to learn more about OPC UA safety, maybe any other specification, other pieces of the OPC UA technology, or maybe about the OPC Foundation. Uh, you may want to listen to the preceding OPC Foundation podcast editions or visit the website at opcfoundation.org. If you have a proposal for topics or are interested in appearing on the OPC Foundation podcast, maybe you want to join, as Max just suggested, one of the OPC UA companion specification, in this case, specifically OPC UA safety working groups, or maybe you want to become a member of the OPC Foundation or otherwise, please mail the OPC Foundation at 
office at opcfoundation.org. We'll put both the website URL and the mail address in the podcast notes. It was great to have you with us today. If you like what you heard, give us a thumbs up, spread the news. Looking forward to have you with us again. And Max, thank you very much for having been my guest today. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Goodbye.